Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. just uh, caught me in a moment of reflection seven o'clock good evening instagram over here facebook over there now it might be youtube over there i think the youtube stopped working to be honest either that or no one's on it but um uh good evening all corin's here uh labro's here i nice see you labro jackie crimes is here good to see you all um so got some q's and a's uh i got the q's uh, well, and the A's, yeah. But if you've got some cues, oh, microphone. If you've got some cues, then by all means, uh, feel free. Now, I did think I would um, just show you my new jacket tonight. I uh, finished work early yesterday, and I went to uh, TK Maxx, and I got this jacket. Um, not sure how much you think you'd pay for this jacket, like this kind of caliber um denim jacket big pockets on the inside hasn't got a bit that bigger pockets on the outside but uh thanks corin um how much corin would you pay for a quality quality piece like this what are you what are you thinking hmm? yeah 50 pounds 60 pounds reasonable yeah that's reasonable 50 60 pounds be reasonable for a quality jacket like this for at the top not fur inside but i like that because the ones with fur inside don't have the big pockets i've learned that because i do like the big pockets well 50 pounds yeah okay well, what would you say corin i said oh. yeah 15 pounds and I reckon I could flip that on eBay all day long. Thirty pounds—that's a hundred percent profit if I want to. Not that I'm going to. Obviously, I'm going to keep it myself. Fifteen pounds bargain of the day, right? So um, that's a win, yeah. Right. So I've got some questions, um, which I'm going to crack on with. Uh, first one here. Do you do calf, stroke, ankle liposuction? Short answer, no. Who needs calf or ankle liposuction? Um, I mean, I shouldn't be so dismissive because there, there is a, a small group of people with um, a, 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 a Pacific condition um, called um, lipedema. Uh, bargain, thank you. Um, more pockets is more clothes. Given a map, no. I disagree with you, Amanda, because you've got to carry your bags these days, don't you? So I try and carry a carrier bag in, in my pocket with me at all times because I don't want to get caught out of Tesco's so I have to pay for a carrier bag. That is too much for me. So I try and keep a carrier Not that I've, I've loaded this one up yet, but, you know, you have one in. So I do like the big pockets. And I do. My other one's got big. Has it now? Actually, yeah, it hasn't. My other one hasn't got big pockets on the outside. That's another jacket I got. But anyway, so yeah, I'm happy with the big pockets on the inside because I saw one fully lined, and the pockets put me off. Um, but because you got to remember, Amanda, we don't have handbags. Although I don't know why we don't, because in the continent they have those man bags, don't they? Those little ones with a little strap round your wrist, which I think is a good idea. I carry your wallet and all that in. 
you know, phones are getting bigger, sticking in their pocket and stuff. Bring back man bags. So I, I'm not even bring them back. We never had them. Let's have man bags. International Women's Day. Power to the people. Let's show solidarity with the handbag and let's us start, you know, embracing the handbag and having ones for ourselves. Let the messenger bag. Not talking about messenger bag, Amanda. Um, hi, Jane from Portugal. So, Jane, you know what I'm on about. Not a messenger bag, Amanda. I'm on about a little bag with a little wrist strap, like, a, you know, like a big wallet, but probably bigger than a big wallet. And, you know, they use them on the continent, don't they, Jane? Jane will back me up on this. They use them on the continent, big, like a, like a big wallet. And you can put, if you go, if you put your passport, you can put your wallet, you can put your phone, you know, put your keys in it. Um, yeah, a messenger bag's too much. You're not going to go around like that all the time. Clutch bag, thank you. Clutch bag, exactly that. It's a clutch bag, a man's clutch bag. But clutch bag's got a bit of a female connotation to it. Um, but yeah, definitely that. That's it. I'm going to. I'm not going to. I'm not brave enough to start that trend because I think it would look a bit odd. But I think someone out there braver than I. I'm giving that away for free. If anyone's listening, I'm giving that away for free. Any trendsetters out there, get it started. Um, I don't think I'm the man to start that trend, but if it does get started, I will hop on. Honestly, I'd be very happy to have a, some kind of equivalent of a handbag. Digressing here, because we've got to do the calf liposuction question. But um, so, yeah, so um, there is some people who have a condition called lipedema, which is um, uh, um, gives swelling of the lower limbs, classically the lower limbs, and they do give um, they do get a lot of swelling around their uh, legs and so one of the a very difficult problem to treat and one of the treatments is liposuction so strictly speaking that would classify as calf and ankle liposuction but I think the um, this question was asked for more a cosmetic basis for someone who doesn't have an abnormal contour of their calf or ankle at least they obviously think they do have an abnormal contour of their calf and ankle because they wouldn't be asking the question, but they don't. Um, and so the, if you look at how much subcutaneous fat is on a calf and an ankle on a normal person, it's a very um, small amount. So it's very difficult to contour that with liposuction because your margin in error is very low. And if you get taking too much fat, you can cause very easily cause dense and contour irregularities. And it's just it's just not a goer in the vast majority of the population unless these people have a specific condition which i would suggest should be treated by a specialist which is not which i am not uh, a specialist in treatment of lipedema so um the bottom line is i do not offer calf or ankle liposuction if someone had an abnormal swelling or something you know maybe but just in general terms the answer is no to that one um calf liposuction no 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 um for me jane is two weeks post op double p your tummy tuck hope you're all right jane and i hope you're walking all right um um let's know how you're getting on will my adhesions affect me on having a tummy tuck so uh, i have had issues previously with adhesions and my c-section scar joining to my bladder wow i last had this sorted in january 2020 but i think it has happened again by the pain I am in, would this affect 
or impact on me having a tummy tuck at all? Right, well, it's very unusual. Um, Styani, it's unusual as well. Styani, not Styano. Um, it's very unusual to have scarring going. Sorry, it's not unusual to have adhesions affecting your bladder. No, sorry, that's fine. But you see, right, okay. But it wouldn't be a C-section scar joining to your bladder. You would have adhesions. Okay, right, I got it. So I don't think it's a C-section scar joining to your bladder. When they do a C-section, they um, go into your abdomen to remove the um, child. And this causes scarring within your abdominal cavity. And scarring within your abdominal cavity is called adhesions, which is what this person is saying they've got. And so... Um, it would not be unusual for the adhesions to be causing scarring around the bladder, which is what this person has. But it's not a direct thing from the skin scar to the bladder. But yes, there would be there could be adhesions inside the abdomen causing problems. And adhesions cause problems. They can cause pain. They can cause bowel obstruction. They can all sorts of problems. Once you've had an abdominal surgery, once someone has been inside your abdomen, there will be scarring within that abdominal cavity, which can cause problems, which are known as adhesions. The tummy tuck will have no effect on that at all because all the tummy tuck does is it removes the skin and the fat superficial to the anterior abdominal wall. We do not enter into the abdomen, so it will not make it any better. It will not make it any worse. We will not affect the um, intra-abdominal space at all. So if you're having problems with scar tissue within that space, we will not enter that space. So we can help with the scarring of the skin. And if your cesarean section scar is tethered, it will be tethered just to the underlying um, rectus fascia. We can release that tethering and, and try and help sort that out. But we won't get go any deeper than the underlying rectus fascia. And the bladder is, in, is deep to that. So we don't go anywhere deeper than the anterior abdominal wall. So a tummy tuck will definitely sort out the skin and the fat and cause and sort out issues there. But it won't do anything inside your abdomen. It doesn't do anything to your adhesions good or bad doesn't make them better doesn't make them worse so um it you know it won't impact you on having a tummy tuck no is the answer to that you can have a tummy tuck no problem but just don't expect it to make the adhesions better um chase good name sorry it's not related to your topics but i've been wanting a breast reduction that's related for a few years now as i'm a 40j is there a specific way i need to be in order to have the surgery no, that's um, Chase. It doesn't have to be related. It's, it's, it's bang on that, Chase. Bang on. Um, so, um, well, good question. Is there a specific weight? I don't have a specific weight you have to be in order to have surgery. But um, for me, it's more about being stable and comfortable with your weight. You want to ideally, you want to avoid weight fluctuations after surgery. So if you're not happy with your weight now, then you should... Um, get your weight right before having any sort of surgery, breast reduction included, um, for two reasons. The lower your rate, weight, the less your risk of complications, and the lower your weight, uh, the better result you're going to get. You're going to get a better result if your weight is lower than if your weight is higher. Um, if you do want a specific weight, the weight that we normally look, work on is a BMI of 30. That's the sort of normal BMI. Um, so BMI 30 is, is normal. I'm suspecting if you're a 40J, I'm guessing your BMI is above 30. Um, now, sometimes we do operate on people with a BMI above 30, particularly if they've lost a lot of weight. If you used to have a BMI of like 40 and now your BMI is 31 or 32, 
then we can talk about it, particularly if you don't want to lose any more weight. If you do want to lose more weight, fine. Also, if your weight is below 30 and you want to lose weight, I would say you still got to lose weight. You know, it's better to lose weight. Even if you're BMI 29 and you want to lose weight, lose weight first because you can have, uh, for two, as I say, the, 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 the complications are less. But also, if you lose weight after surgery, part of the surgery of a breast reduction is a lift. We tighten the skin and lift the breast. If you lose weight after surgery, they might sort of droop again. They might sag again. That's why people... You know, one, one of the main reasons people need a breast lift is weight loss. Weight loss in children are the two reasons because both of those things stretch the skin. So if you stretch the skin and then removing the stretch from force by losing weight or doing a breast reduction, um, or, or, well, no, not by doing a breast reduction, just by losing weight, then they can drag, then they can sag again. So if you have a breast reduction, we make them tight, we make the position good, and then you lose weight, they can sag again. So um, ideally, you should lose weight and you should be, I would say, looking for a BMI of 30. And um, yeah, that, that's the sort of, that's the schedule I'd be working on. Um, right, Amanda has got something to say about this. Breast reduction, I have lost 15, what? I have lost 15 stone. I have lost 15 stone and I'm currently 80 kilograms. I will never have a normal BMI as I did too much damage to my body. I'm currently a 36G or 36 long. What kind of results could I expect from a breast reduction and uplift? Well, um, people like you, Amanda, will have a good result from a breast reduction because you, uh, well, I'm assuming if you're troubled by your breasts, if you're not troubled by your breasts, you're probably not going to have a great result. But let's just assume you are troubled by the um, breast because you haven't um, haven't got, because um, you're asking the question. Um, so if you're you know, if your BMI is higher than 30, you have got a higher rate of complications. And if you were to lose weight, and I understand it's a lot of people will say, I've got all this breast on me and, I, and um, it's difficult to exercise and it'll be easier to exercise when I've had the breast reduction. I completely understand that argument. But if you were to go down that route and have the breast reduction and then lose weight, you might not get a quite good result because it might sag. But in my experience, people with extremely large breasts can have a magnificent result from surgery because it's a functional thing in terms of the fact that it helps your body, you know, taking that weight off your chest. It's an immediate, you know, reduction, which you will think, why on earth didn't I do this before? And it's also cosmetic because it lifts the breasts and, and makes them look better. Um, but I hear that a lot, that a lot of people who've lost a lot of weight might still have a BMI above 30. So on paper, not be a candidate for it. But. We, you know, we have a discussion and say, look, you've got a high risk of complications. You're not going to get quite as good a result because, you, you know, if you're carrying a lot of weight, but it will get rid of that that um, that volume of your breast. Chase, I'm about 16 stone and struggled for a year to lose the weight because my breasts are so big. I can't wear bras properly. I'm really struggling to lose weight. Yeah, that's what I say, Chase. It is often the story that you can't, you know, it's a bit of a catch-22. We say lose weight. You say, I want, if I get my breasts reduced, I can lose weight. So it's no easy answers to it. And I think um, getting good, well-fitting bras is one. And I know that's difficult when you're uh, 40J. That's a difficult bra to get. But um, it is it is no easy answers to that one, Chase. But just, yeah. The, the surgical answer is it's better to lose weight first. But I understand it. It's difficult. Lisa, how are you? Good to see you. Um, wondering how you are. I hope you're okay. I hope it wasn't all too traumatic for you. I feel a little bit bad that I ran away, <laughs> um, but I hope you're. I hope you're all right and good to see you here. And uh, let us know how you're getting on. Um, uh, Vicky will give you a call in the next couple of days to see how you're getting on. Um, 
So uh, here we go. Do you do a Crescent short scar thigh lift? No, I don't. It is obviously a thing, otherwise it's quite a specific thing to ask if it wasn't a thing. So basically there's two ways to do a thigh lift. Now, in terms of contouring of the thigh, you've got the inner thigh and the outer thigh. The outer thigh tends to respond to liposuction. The inner thigh doesn't respond quite so well to liposuction because the skin of the inner thigh is much thinner and doesn't tend to recoil. And so you get that problem with sagging skin. So you get a lot more problem with loose skin on the inner thigh whereas the outer thigh, it tends to be fullness, which would of, often be helped with weight loss. But um, e even after weight loss, sometimes there's extra skin on the inner thigh, which needs to be tightened, which is what a thigh lift is. So thigh lift is tightening of the skin of the inner thigh. And there's two ways, broadly speaking, to do it. One is this short scar uh, crescent lift, which is a scar up in your groin, and it pulls the skin in a, in a, um, a sort of vertical direction. It pulls the skin up into your groin and sometimes people will pull their skin up into their groin and say that's all i need um the problem with it is first of all it's not it's a good scar because it's hidden so that's the great thing about it and that's the people that's the reason why people want it and it is great because it's hidden now it is a bit hot and sweaty up there in the groin and so there's a high risk of uh the wound heat not healing properly the scar can migrate can drift because the whole problem the whole point of any sort of body contouring surgery is closing things tight so you worry that the scar can pull and drift down and it can pull the labia uh, and you can get something called labial spreading, which is not great. Um, so there are risks with it. But the main reason that I don't do it is because it doesn't give a very good thigh lift. The excess of skin in people who need a thigh lift is in a circumferential direction. It's not in an up down direction. The thigh is sort of like a cylinder and there's too much skin around. It's not up down. So much as you can pull it up in the clinic and say, this is all I need, it doesn't give a very good tightening in my hands. Now, people do do it. So it does exist and people do do it. So I don't want to be too negative about it. But it, it, I don't find that it gives a very good lift. So if I'm going to do a thigh lift, I find the best way is a big, long scar down the inner aspect of the thigh. Um, uh, and that is quite a big undertaking to get that scar because a lot of people say, oh, I'd hate my thighs. I can't wear short skirts or I can't wear shorts or things like that. And um, and when you give them a big scar, they might still not be able to wear shorts and short skirts because they'll be conscious of the scar, which I completely understand. So it's not for everybody. It's only for people with a lot of excess skin in their thigh that will happy to accept that scar. So I find that in my hands that's the only way to do a thigh lift otherwise i'd just say look i wouldn't do it because i just don't think it's worth the risks and the hassle and the, the potential for complications with a, the short scar one um because it's it's it doesn't give a very good lift in my hands as i say i'm sure people out there do it um but you know not not you know not me um colleen what you got I had a breast reduction in August. The breasts are not even, and one side is fairly bigger and lower than the other. It looks like one side was reduced and the other wasn't reduced enough. Is that normal? Would a revision be an option? Um, yeah. Are you my patient, Colleen? August. 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 Um, if you're my patient, Colleen, come and see me. Uh, uh, and if you're living far away and you can't come and see me, send me a photo. Um, if you're not my patient, go and see your surgeon and send him or her a photo. But the answer to that is that normally um, the breast is not even one side is fairly bigger and lower the other. 
It looks like one side's reduced and the other wasn't reduced. It's very unusual for someone to say that the breast wasn't reduced. You know, I've had a breast reduction and I don't have anything done. Usually it's a significant difference when you have a breast reduction. So it's quite an unusual thing for someone to say that it looks like one side wasn't reduced at all. Um, well, you sometimes do hear it. Now, August. Now, when's that? June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. We've got to March now, aren't we? So seven months. Um, yeah, I mean, seven months is quite a long time. Um, so, yeah, um, I think it's reasonable to think about revision at seven months. I, I mean, just in general terms, I would say that one side's always bigger than the other. And so if we do revisions, we would always try and make them back into balance. But I will always say to people, I can't guarantee they'll be identical. They probably weren't identical before. In fact, they almost certainly weren't identical before. And so, you know, we're just trying to, if they're way off, obviously, you can do something to try and balance them out. Um, I live in the US. Okay. <laughs> okay so it wasn't me then i live in the us but less grounds were taken out on one side it's very you as i say pretty much everybody has an asymmetry to some degree and so it is quite normal to take less grams out of one side so it's quite normal to do to take different amounts out because there's usually some degree of asymmetry and we're trying to balance that asymmetry up now it is not a precise science and sometimes we take too much out and make the the, the big side smaller and sometimes you take not enough out and the big side stays bigger but it's normal to take you know less grams out we, we very un, unusual to take exactly the same amount out of each breast um because there's usually a mild asymmetry beforehand which you're always trying to fix now having said that things are always samantha van aston sam van aston sorry i'd say samantha right um so having said that i um so it's completely normal for things to be um, asymmetrical, pre-op and post-op, but that you hope when all the dust settles in six or seven months, I would say things are starting to settle, um, that you would hope that um, it would be okay, but clearly it's not okay. Um, hi, Terry. So yeah, talk to your surgeon, Colleen. This is the bottom line, talk to your surgeon. And so, you know, most surgeons, I would say, are quite keen to have a happy patient. And so... If you need something done, hopefully they would be amenable to that. So is that normal with a revision be an option? And so it's very hard to say whether a revision will be an option. It, what Basically what you've got to do is weigh up the risks versus the benefits, simple as that. So what are the risks? Depends what the revision would be involved. Would it be another breast reduction or would it be just some liposuction? You know, obviously less risks with, with liposuction, but no skin will be removed with liposuction. And what are the benefits? So it depends on how much it bothers you. Now, obviously bothers you enough to come and speak to this English guy um, on the uh, on the Facebook. So, you know, I would say it's worth a conversation. And, yeah, worth a conversation and, and weigh out the, the pros and cons. And uh, I'm sorry that you're not 100% uh, happy with it and hope it all, you know, works out. Hello, Terry. Um Right, what we've got here. Will you remove breast tissue during a breast lift? I don't know what angle this question's coming from. Gastric fantastic, good to see you. So I don't know what angle this question's coming from. Um, so it could be the angle like someone wants breast tissue removed during a breast lift, or it could be the angle that someone doesn't want breast tissue removed during a breast lift. So basically, strictly speaking, a breast lift does not involve removing any significant amount of breast tissue so it is broadly speaking skin that is removed with a breast lift 
So broadly speaking, the cup size that you are before is the cup size you are after, and we're just trying to make the shape better. Now, some tissue is removed, but the tissue is usually skin rather than actual breast tissue. Um, and, and, and strictly speaking, with a, with a breast lift, no breast tissue is removed. Having said that, sometimes, particularly if you've got quite a big breast, that breast will be acted on by gravity. And sometimes it is an idea to remove some of the heaviness. Now, you might not want a full-on breast reduction, but it might be worthwhile taking some of the heaviness out, particularly of the lower pole, the lower part of the breast, to prevent the risk of that drooping again, because a breast lift will not lock you into a certain shape breast for the rest of your life. It will just bring you back to a better place, and that breast will then be acted on by gravity again, so it will droop again. Um, and the smaller your breasts are, are, the less they will droop basically the less they'll be acted on by gravity now obviously if you don't want to be smaller you don't have to have any breast tissue removed so if you say i don't want any breast tissue removed i'm saying it because i don't want any well that's fine you don't have to have any removed you can just have skin removed a very small amount of volume will be removed in the skin but that's no that no terry stop it now that's not what you need that's not what you want it's not what you need because the position anyway sorry um so um so strictly speaking a breast lift does not remove any um, breast tissue but if you have got quite large breasts then you can remove some volume from the lower pole and uh, reduce some of the heaviness to give a more long-lasting result now that there is a line then between a breast lift and a breast reduction a breast reduction is a bigger operation than a breast lift because you do remove quite a lot of volume there so if you want a significant reduction certainly if you're talking about cup sizes then that brings you into a breast reduction where we formulate, formally isolate the pedicle and uh, uh, isolate the sort of nipple and remove a significant amount of volume to, um, to lift and, and lift the breast as well and make them smaller. So sometimes there's a little bit of a sort of gray area between a reduction and a, and a lift, but broadly speaking, your cup size is broadly speaking the same. If your cup size, if you want your cup size to change, if you want your cup size to be smaller, then you're looking at a breast reduction. And, and again, that will give you a more long-lasting result because your breast will be smaller uh, and so less gravity on it. What is going on on the uh, chat? It's, it's, um, it's kicking off. The chat's kicking off. Um, right, Terry, that's what I want, lol. Terry, you got no. Terry, you can come and see me if you want. Gastric, what you got? That wouldn't work on me. I have to use more support than the Samaritans. Well, then, then gastric, you need a, a, a reduction in that case. If you need, when you need more support than the Samaritans, you need a reduction. Uh, Megan Newman's in the house. CDRs like that perform a reduction and live by that, this magician. She's talking about me, by the way. Uh, hi, Megan. Nice to see you. I hope you got a Women's Day photo on your Instagram. I asked them to put one on mine. They said they did. I didn't see one. I don't know if you saw one on my Instagram, but I hope you got one. Um, there you go. Um, can I say a 36GG? No, gastric. If you're saying you need more support than the Samaritans, they're too big. Now, you can have a... This is the problem when people say, I'm happy with the size, but I just want them lifted. When you're a GG, when you're a double G, then that is... If you just do a lift, you're going to be acted on by gravity again, and they're going to droop again. So, I mean, you can do a lift if you've got a GG, but I would say you're better off doing a reduction personally. But having said that, that depends on how you feel about the size of your breasts. So I wouldn't want to force you to have a reduction if you didn't want one, but if you don't have one and you have these big GGs, 
they're going to droop again because gravity will work on them. So you need to have a discussion with yourself about that. Um, so I'd say it's probably best. They did lovely International Women's Day post. Yeah, well, there you go. Gorgeous team. Well done. Um, what we got over here? Uh, Colleen, thank you. Thank you for asking the question, Colleen. Alison Lashmar was Etherington. I had a gastric sleeve in July 21st. I've lost six and a half stone. Wow. I was a 38G, now kind of 36F, but it's mainly empty skin. Was told still have quite a bit of tissue inside. Would I need implant or can I get away without? You do not need an implant, Alison. Implants make them bigger. So you do not need an implant. If you're a 36F, you do not need an implant. Simple as that. It's easy for me. I can see it as a surgeon. I can see it easy. The problem is as a patient, what you've got to accept is you've got to accept the shape that you can achieve without an implant. Because a lot of people have this thing in their head of what a breast look like, what you know, what they would seem to think a breast look like. And they would think it's a, it's a fuller look in the upper part, which you can only achieve with implants. So when you have a reduction, when you have a lift, it it's... It's not, it's full at the top when you start and then it settles. It always settles. Um, shout out to Asset Hospital, which has just joined me on Instagram. Um, that's where I've been operating. So big up Asset Hospital, got a name check, Asset. Um, yeah. Um, so when you have a, when you have a, um, a, a breast that's too big, do not have an implant because an implant makes them bigger. So forget the concept of implants, but what you've got to accept that the breast lift will tighten the skin and maybe with a 36f you want a reduction so you might want a bit, a bit smaller but you'd have to accept the shape that you can achieve with a reduction and a lift which does get softer in the upper pole you can't get sustained fullness in the upper pole when you do a lift or a reduction it does settle and i show people photos now they're all out of a bra so that people aren't wearing a bra and when you don't wear a bra the breast will settle to what i always say is a natural breast shape but sometimes people say hold on a minute i don't want to look like that I want to look like um, I want to look fuller in the upper pole. I'm like, well, that can only be achieved with implants. But implants make them bigger, complications, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So don't have an implant, is my advice. But that's sometimes a discussion we need to get into because we need to make sure you're comfortable with what can be achieved with a lift, slit stroke reduction before doing it. So um, that is a discussion to be had. Um, what you got coming back at me? Thank you, definitely don't want to go back bigger. Yes, more shape. I want, don't care about being big. So you need a reduction slash, slash lift, but we need you, whoever you have, whoever your surgeon is, you need to be happy with the sort of shape that can be achieved with a reduction and a lift because of people have in their mind the sort of shape that people have with implants, which is not, they think a lift, they'll have them up here where they are that they're to start, but they always settle. So that needs a discussion with your surgeon, Alison. Um, that can be a, a, some, a tricky problem, something you need to, talk about charlotte what you got hey jj is it normal for flank liposuction to make your back really itchy it's driving me mad um eight dpo dpo look at that days post-op i'm guessing uh i want to scratch it will it be bad if i do scratch it too much yes don't scratch it charlotte rub massage massage it and itching in itself is more of a healing thing it's not a bad thing so i won't worry too much about itching um, it's just a it's just a healing um, uh, sensation, but uh, but but try not to use your nails. Try and use your the the, the pulp you know the, the, this bit. What's it called? Pulp of your fingers and massage. Um, v U R life. V U R life. 
for you. Yeah, thanks, Louisetta. Thanks for the comments. Always happy to have comments. Always happy to have comments. Um, yes, it's funny. UK surgeon. What's that, Alison? You trying to find a UK surgeon? If only there's a book about it. Hold on a minute. There is. Never accept a lift from strangers. How to choose the best plastic? What is it? Surgeon for your cosmetic breast surgery. Written by Jonathan J. Stiano. Yeah. See the resemblance? Right, okay. Go to neverexceptoliftfromstrangers.com and you can get a free copy. You just pay $3.95 postage. If you're in Birmingham, come into the clinic and we will give you one gratis. Highly recommend it. A very, very experienced surgeon wrote that book. So yeah, if you're looking for a UK surgeon, look no further. There you go. Um, now, what's going on in Instagram? I have been losing it. Gorgeous team. International got that. Got it. Corinne, as also looking forward to my stay with you guys later in the year. Corinne's booked in November already. Well done. Uh, how about uplift with smaller implants? What's the smallest implant you can have? Terry, why not have no implant, Terry? Why, you know, just avoid the risk. I mean, we've had this, Terry. Just have no implant. I mean, the smallest implant you can have is based on the base width of your chest. If it's not wide enough for your chest, there's no point in having it. So you need, to, so you, that answer is bespoke to, to a different person. To different people, you need to have one that fits the base width of your breadth face. If it's too narrow for your chest, what you know, it's just not. It's just why take on the risks of having an implant in your body if it's not going to fill the base width of your chest. So you have to have, um, you have to have a certain width of the, of implant. So the the smallest, I guess, would be a low profile or a teardrop implant, but it will be a smaller effect, and it's questionable whether it would be worth it. You know, you could. You could just, but we need to have that conversation, you know. Um, I said, look forward to seeing you, Corin. Yeah, did the girls give you my cue from your Facebook post midweek? I got, I don't know, Pauline, what was it? I got, um, what have I got left? I got de dermal fillers allowed in the UK, implant removal under general anaesthetic. Those are the two that I got. Um, They'd say they'd put it in the list. I don't know what the question... Remind me what the question was, Pauline. And if they haven't put it in the list, I'll answer it anyway. Do you do moderate plus implants? Terry. Yes. Good question, Terry. So um, this can be a slightly confusing issue in terms of things like crescent arm and leg lifts. I got a crescent lift question. Um, so uh, this can be a bit confusing, moderate plus implants. What so I talk to people in the clinic and I say, look, you've got to get the width right, the width's really important, and you've got to get the profile right. So the profile can be low, moderate, high, and extra high profile. And they go away and think about it and think, oh, what shall I have? I'm not sure whether I have a low profile or a moderate profile or a high, you know. Actually, I'm thinking about a moderate or a high profile, I'm not sure what implant to have. So then they come back and they say, Hey, I've just found a moderate plus. Brilliant. I was deciding between a moderate and a high, and now I found this moderate plus. That'll be perfect. What you've got to realize is these are just names, Terry. Moderate Plus is just a name that one of the companies mentoring this um, in this example calls their implants. So mentor call them moderate, moderate plus, high, and ultra high rather than extra high. So it's just what they call it. You've got to look at the dimensions. And so it's not necessarily between a moderate and a high. You know, a moderate plus mentor implant might be fuller than a high profile implant in another make you know it's not necessarily between a moderate and a high it's just what the make is calling it 
you know, one of the makes doesn't even call them moderate and plot. It calls them demi and coarser and funny names, basically. They could just call them one, two, three, four. It doesn't matter what they call them. So a moderate plus is not necessarily between a moderate and a high of another make. It's just what mentor choose to call their implants. Do we do them? Yes, we do. If you want mentor implants, that's fine. We can use mentor implants. As long as the hospital can get them, we can use mentor implants, no problem. But don't think that if you're not decided between a moderate and a, and a high, that a moderate plus is in between the two. It's not necessarily. You've got to look at the dimensions. And certainly, Terry, get yourself back to clinic. We'll have a look at it, and I'll talk you through it, and I'll show you the dimensions of the moderate plus mentor compared to a moderate and a high in another make, and you'll find it'll be you know it'll be somewhere it will sit with with one of those rather than being somewhere in between sort of thing that makes sense i hope that makes sense um pauline crescent arm and leg lift got the crescent short scar lift pauline done that one don't do it don't like it doesn't give a very good lift same with the arm if you think of an arm without a big decision down the arm then uh, I, I decision did i say decision i meant incision i like it with a big incision down the arm basically and the leg uh, because it gives a better lift I completely understand that it is more scarring. A lot of people don't like that, and I'm not trying to force that on people, but I don't think the um, the limited uh, scar in the groin for the thigh lift gives a very good lift. Uh, you made my decision. Good. You made a decision. That's what we need. So we need some decision-making around here, Terry. That's what we need. That's what we're lacking in. Awesome. Um, what we got? Are dermal fillers, are dermal breast fillers allowed in the UK? Is it a safe procedure? um no so a little bit uh there's two things here so the, 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 i think what you're talking about is the there used to be something called macrolane which was a dermal filler which was you know they use dermal fillers in, in creases and, and wrinkles and stuff um and it's a dermal filler and it uh was was used for breast and uh, it's not allowed in the uk and the reason it was banned i think was because the um, risks of it causing a bit of sort of calcification, a bit of things on x-rays that could be difficult to differentiate between breast cancer. I don't think there was any sort of problem with it as such. I don't think it was causing problems. I think it was just causing problems with mammograms. I, th I, think, I think I'm right in saying that. I don't think there was actually an issue with it. It was just made things a little bit difficult on x-rays and what have you. So that's why they stopped uh, um, approving that. Now, there are dermal... Uh, uh, it, um, there are um, dermal tem templates and matrices that people use for breast in order to um, support implants, which is different. But as, specifically as a as a filler, as a as a synthetic filler to use as an alternative to implants, if they are not. It is not something that we use in the UK. It was taken off the market um, a few, quite a few years ago. So um, yeah, that that's no longer used in the uk um what you got donna what do you think of be light implants are they much later more expensive than mentor yes they are uh, much lighter and they are more expensive than mentor they say they're 30 percent lighter what i think of be light implants is i think that they are a good idea and i think that they are good for bigger sizes perhaps less so with smaller sizes but i think the concept is sound um on a per very personal level, I, I had a problem with a B-Light implant, and so I, I'm a bit um, wary of them now. Um, but that is what surgeons are like. They have one problem or one one thing happens, and they make decisions based on that one thing that perhaps it would not be scientific. Um, so you could argue that's not um, scientific, but 
that's where I am on it. Um, so, but yeah, I think they are being used. They had a problem, I think, with the supply chain and factories and things. So they they uh, had a problem with them for a while, but I think they're coming back. And also they're thinking of making one covered in polyurethane, which might be something I would look at um, if that happened. Um, but yeah, I think the concept is good and they are more expensive than mentor. Yeah. Alison, that's what we need. We got a book sale from the live. That is that's what they call direct marketing. That's how you build a business. Yeah. Sold a book. Yes. Not necessarily sold a book, gave a book away, but got the posting packaging. So, you know, come on. Yeah, I'll go and tell the family and we'll ring the bell. Do we offer implant removal under general anesthetic? Yeah, funny question. Huh? Yeah. I mean, do you want it under general anesthetic? I mean, you can do it under local insulation, uh, implant removal, but you can definitely do it under general. Um, we used to a few, well, not a few, but we used to have a situation where we couldn't get into theatres to do general anesthetic, but we can now. So, um, yeah. Do, yeah, definitely offer implant removal under general anesthetic. Faux show. Right, I'm out of questions, guys. Uh, I'm all out. Um, so that was a good one, wasn't it? Um, not that they aren't all, but that was a particularly good one, I thought. I felt I felt that went well. Um, hope you like my new jacket. I will be back next Tuesday. I have reason to believe. I've got no reason to feel that that, that shouldn't be the case. Uh, same time, same place. Very much expect to see you there. If you've got any questions, email me, just like Pauline Magpie did, or message on whatever, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, or just turn up and ask a question, um, like Charlotte did, etc., etc., and Alison. Right, guys, I am going to go and see what I can do next door, and I will um, bid you farewell and wish you a pleasant evening and a, uh, a prosperous new year. See you next time. Stop the stream. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.